MP, it feels like every area of life at the moment is undergoing revolution. I'm glad you said that, Bretto, because at this year's Wellness Summit virtual experience, all of our speakers are presenting on the revolution. Yeah, and it's such a topsy-turvy world right now. It feels like everything's been turned upside down, whether it's your finances, your food, your health, your longevity, your family. All of these things are just in such a state of flux right now that we really need to get the experts in to give us the lowdown. That's why we have Jason Witten on the financial revolution, Cindy O'Meara on the food revolution, Kim Morrison on the self-love revolution, Marcus Pierce on the longevity revolution, the great Brett Hill on the resilience revolution, Andrea Huddleston on the hormones revolution, And of course, Joe Witten on the food and family revolution. And for the first time ever, we'll have breakout sessions on the energy revolution, the career revolution, the barefoot revolution, the real food revolution, and the parenting revolution. All this and more at The Wellness Summit, September 11 and 12. Book your tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, first of all, I have a new microphone. I want to apologize to everyone for the audio quality of last week's episode. I did not realize how much my beard was impacting on the microphone. And it was very scratchy, so apologies for that. And this week in wellness, 13 medical practitioners have penned an open letter to Victorian Premier Dan Andrews about his approach to COVID-19 lockdowns and the controversial State of Emergency Bill. This letter has since been supported by a further 270 medical and allied health professionals via an online submission called the COVID Doctors Network, a phrase that strangely shows no results when Googled. These senior doctors have stated that they are deeply concerned with the Victorian government's management of COVID-19, that not all medical doctors are aligned with a chief medical officer, and they propose an alternative management strategy. They went on to say that whilst the initial stage 3 lockdown to flatten the curve was reasonable, though arguably excessive, due to the limited information at the time, that with more knowledge now, the stage 3 and 4 lockdowns should be lifted on schedule in mid-September due to the effect they're having on the physical and mental health of the population. They say that focusing on case numbers alone is at best an unsophisticated way of looking at case management and describe COVID-19 as having limited virulence. They point to the number of COVID-19 deaths relative to the total deaths in Victoria, a decline in total deaths in Victoria in July relative to the same period last year, and the number of deaths in the frail people over 80, many of whom had significant comorbidities, all as evidence of the lack of virulence. They wanted to say that for people who are physically well and under 60 years of age, the mortality risk is extremely low. They point to missed cancer screening and therefore diagnosis, negative economic and social outcomes, exacerbation of depression, anxiety and other mental health issues, increased domestic violence, job losses, homeschooling, isolation and even missed funerals as just a few examples of the harm caused by the lockdown. As a result, they've called for the stage of emergency in Victoria to not continue past September 13. They call for adequate testing and protection of vulnerable, especially those in aged care, They want clearer communication of evidence-based objectives and timelines of management plans. They want a greater focus of health and well-being, utilising all of the available data. 
and they want regular reviews and modifications of the plans as new data becomes available. Despite these concerns, the Victorian Parliament voted to extend Victoria's state of emergency by another six months. As always, the links are in the show notes, both for the article, for the letter, and for the COVID Doctors Network, which, as I said, is hard to find on Google. So my opinion on this is that, first of all, as a chiropractor, there's not much I can say on this topic. This is one that would definitely fall outside of my scope of expertise, according to APRA. And as such, I need to be careful in what I say, which in itself makes me wonder how many more doctors and allied health practitioners would sign the petition if they were not fearful of the harsh responses from APRA that occur as a result of thinking outside the norm, for not going on with what is considered to be the best policy by the health ministers and by the leading bureaucrats. It is, however, great to see people starting to focus on health and well-being and looking at all of the available data for all different conditions, as well as quality of life, as opposed to just focusing on individual diseases when it comes to looking at the data. I think it's a really progressive step. I hope that it continues in our healthcare system, in the healthcare sphere, that we start to take a more holistic view when we look at the impact of health approaches, when we look at the impact of public health policies, when we look at the impact of new uh, medications and treatment options coming onto the market. I think it's a really positive thing. If we could try and assess the overall health and well-being impact in all of these cases, I think that'd be a wonderful thing moving forwards. What is concerning here is that we seem to see a blurring of the lines between evidence-based medicine and opinion. You know, what we've seen over the last few years, even the last few decades, is this obsession with evidence-based medicine, saying, look, we can't just go on opinion. We need to focus on evidence-based medicine. But it seems like at the moment that's being thrown out. And we're saying, well, no, this only certain evidence is relevant, only certain opinions are relevant. And so we're going to go down this one particular route. So what it seems is that it's not necessarily that opinion is no good. It's just that certain opinions are no good. And evidence is good in some instances, but certain people's opinions should be taken more highly than evidence in other instances. We need to be really careful at going down this slippery slope. I think we either need to let everyone have an opinion or we need to do the best available evidence-based medicine, which of course does take into account practitioner experience and also patient preference and allow people to make their own informed choices. So it is a bit of a slippery slope here in terms of opinion versus evidence-based medicine and a really interesting one to follow. But I think what we need to do in this case is really look at the evidence and look at all of the opinions, not just the opinions of a select few in order to make some really informed decisions going forwards. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This podcast is brought to you by Exercising Resilience. Would you like to be personally mentored by me to help you transform your feelings of fear, anxiousness and hopelessness into feelings of strength and resilience? Would you like to feel more resilient physically, mentally and financially? I've created a group mentoring program called Exercising Resilience. And right now, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. That's 30 days of free daily access to me in a private group. Two free group mentoring calls a 21-day resilience challenge and access to a highly motivated tribe of people to support you along your way. Just head to exercisingresilience.com or click on the link in the show notes to get your free no-obligation month of resilience mentoring. That's exercisingresilience.com.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.